Mother's Day. What a day that is. I know that we have many ladies in our church that are not only mothers, but church mothers. And, you know, everywhere we've been, ever, we, this is our fifth church to pastor over, the, over 30 years. And everywhere I've been to, I've had mothers just decided I need to have a church mother. But this time I've got several of you I wish you'd leave me alone sometimes, but just, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. But it's, uh, this morning I want to talk about, uh, sub, do what? <laughs> if you will, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 31. We've all heard the, the story about the Proverbs woman. And I want to talk about this morning, Proverbs 31. You know, it's interesting to look at the first three verses of Psalms, of course, Psalms and Proverbs go together. But the first three verses of Psalms speak of, they speak to men. But then we come to the book that's called, considered the, the book of wisdom in the Bible. And when we do that, we notice that the last 22 verses of that book, the book of Proverbs, speak to women. And that's what I want to talk to today, talk to you about today. Let me give you some, here's some sayings from some very intelligent creatures, from women. Now, women are a very intelligent group anyway, but this, this is some ladies that spoke for the whole group, and they gave us some statements, if you will. For instance, Miss Irma Bombeck once said, never lend your car to anyone to whom you've given birth to. That's probably a pretty wise statement. Miss Roseanne Barr said, I'm not going to vacuum the house till Sears makes one I can ride on. Dolly Parton, we all know her. Here's what she said. I'm not offended by all the dumb blonde jokes because I know I'm not dumb. And also know I'm not blonde. <laughs> Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher said, In politics, if you want anything said, ask a man. If you want anything done, ask a woman. And last but not least, my favorite, Zsa, Zsa Gabor said, I'm a marvelous housekeeper. Every time I leave a husband, I keep his house. A little girl came home from school, Sunday school one day after the teacher had taught them about Adam and Eve. When she was asked what she had learned in Sunday school, she replied, Well, first God created man, Adam. And then God looked at him and said, I think I can do better than that, so he created a woman. If you will, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 31. And we're going to be looking at several verses out there. We're not going to read the whole thing because it's, it's pretty lengthy, of course. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to ask you would to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word this morning. Dear God, once again, we come in prayer thanking you for this day you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being here this morning. And Lord, we thank you most of all for the mothers, not only in our churches, but in our families and just... Lord, the impressions they've made upon so many people. And, Lord, we've got so many loving and caring mothers that are, are here today. And we just ask that you would just bless them because of this. Lord, just be with them. Let them know that they are a very special breed of people. And, Lord, the job that they're set aside to do, nobody else could even come close to doing it. And, Lord, we thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, if our mothers are still here, let us reach out to them on this day just to say thank you. Lord, if they've long gone, then, Lord, we just ask that you put them in our minds and remember them. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Go with us now as we look at your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Let me ask you this morning. You can be seated. I'm sorry. Let me ask you this morning. What's the difference between a woman and a lady? Every lady is a woman, but not every woman is a lady. A hundred years ago in the courts of Europe, the title lady was reserved for a woman who possessed dignity, charm, and class. Today we've lost the meaning of the term, and everyone just addresses all of us as ladies and gentlemen. But some females are even today repulsed by the term of a lady. In the modern feminist vocabulary, the term lady is almost an insult. On the other hand, many women still want to be treated like a lady. Years ago, when I was probably back in the 60s, a pop song came out, and it had these words in there. You've got to treat her like a lady, and she'll give in to you. When you think about those words, that's the apex of male selfishness. To say that the reason you treat a female like a lady is so she'll give in to you. Actually, you should treat a certain type of lady, a lady because they deserve it. That's the number one reason. Whether, you give in, whether they give in to you or not. Most people think that Proverbs 31 is about a real lady because we read it in the Bible. But it's about a, you know, a first-class lady. This lady can do everything. Many women read Proverbs 31 and think, man, I can never live up to those standards, those grade marks. And so consequently, they just sort of get discouraged over it. But that's not a real lady he's talking about. In fact, to understand this section, you have to look at the very first verse in Proverbs. It says, the sayings of King Lemuel, an oracle his mother taught him. So this is not a real lady he's talking about. But at the same time, it could be many real ladies by the same token. While much of Proverbs was written by Solomon, we don't have a clue who King Lemuel is. There's no record in the Bible tell us who it is. Also note that while Lemuel wrote this, it was something his mother taught him. So this is not a lady we're talking about. It's not a female. It's not a mother that we're talking about. It's what he's doing, she's doing is teaching her son to search for a certain kind of lady in that matter. So this is a mother's, per, a mother's opinion of what kind of lady, a woman, his son should seek, her son should seek. Many times mothers don't think the girls their sons marry are good enough for them. That's a pretty high standard. I want to be honest with you and tell you that my mother thought I overshot myself when I married Judy. And she reminded me until the If you're a visitor with us, I apologize to those people. They're, they're like that quite often, so just. My mother thought I married up. She just didn't know the potential I had. That's all it was. But Anyway, remember, this is a hypothetical woman, not an actual woman. This is a female personification of wisdom that King Lemuel was taught by his mother. She said, this is what you ought to look for. I commend Lemuel's mother for instructing her son on the kind of woman he should look for. Parents, that's a lesson for each one of us right there. Be sure to teach your children what kind of a person they should be looking for in a mate, husband or wife. We need to teach our children. Don't just throw them out to the world to let them find out what they want. Because that's not a good thing to do. If you never do that, don't be surprised or disappointed when they come home with a jerk. 
period. And you know what I'm talking about. Can we proceed now? Jewish parents use the book of Proverbs to teach their children valuable life lessons. In fact, I've said this many times before. I love the book of Proverbs. About, probably about 20 years ago now, when we was up in Bonham, that's, that's been several churches ago, we went to a men's conference, and I had a guy that, well, he's a speaker, wasn't just me, but he just was challenging all of us guys, says, you need to start reading the book of Proverbs. And I decided I'm going to make a commitment to do that. Proverbs has 31 chapters in it. Every, if you'll read one starting on the first of the month, and then second and so forth, all the way through, some months you'll have to double up on 30, because it's, I mean, when there's only 30 days, you have to read two in that last day. But I've been doing that for almost 20 years now, and this book has given so much wisdom, so much knowledge. You need to read the book of Proverbs. Set you aside a time to read it. Try that. Read it one proverb a month, and then go back and start over the next month. Every month do it. And I guarantee you'll be blessed because of it. One of the most important things that children needed to learn in this day and age was directed at the young boys. And that was how to select a right kind of woman, a mother, to be the mother of their children. In fact, if you go back and look at the earliest parts of Proverbs, you'll see young men being warned against the wrong kind of women. In fact, it says, the adulteress whose lips drip, drip with honey brings about death and destruction. Proverbs warns against the noisy woman, the quarrelsome woman, the rebellious woman, the foolish woman. And young men looking for a mate are warned to stay away and avoid certain kinds of women. Throughout the book, there are some passages that speak of fine women, too. Solomon, which wrote a lot of the Proverbs, said in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Solomon knew what he was looking for. In fact, he knew a good thing when he found it because he had a thousand wives. Now, guys, I don't know about you, but that's a little bit too much of a good thing to me. But he's the one that said it. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4, he says, A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like the decay of his bones. Find an excellent wife. Stay away from everything else. And so the warnings have been given us. In chapter 19, verse 14 of Proverbs, there comes a hopeful truth. It says, Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So ladies, God set aside some verses to tell what kind of virtuous woman, what, what it means, and how it can help the family and so forth. So all the way through this great book of wisdom, remember this is the book of wisdom, there is instruction about what kind of woman to avoid and to pursue the excellent woman, the excellent wife, who is a gift from God. So then, what are these traits? Now, I want to just list you several traits that I believe it speaks of in this passage. Number one, it's a woman. It doesn't have to be a mother. There are some very fine young ladies that are beginning to get to that age, and before long, they will probably be mothers within a few years, but... She excels in relationships, number one. As you read through these verses, you discover that the excellent woman is not a one-dimensional lady. 
She lives a multifaceted life, and she relates to other people, others, in at least four different kinds of relationships. For instance, Proverbs chapter ten, uh, uh, chapter thirty-one, chapter thirty-one, verses ten through twelve says this: Who can find a virtuous woman? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband fully trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She brings him good and not evil all the days of her life. Then verse 23 of chapter 31 says, Her husband is known at the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. And verse 28 says, Her husband also, and he praises her. Did you catch that, guys? And he praises her. God's given us a gift. Whether you're a mother or you already have children or you don't have children, it's talking about each one of the ladies that's here today, that you can be a virtuous woman. Not every Proverbs 31 is a wife. Some are single women. But if you're married, you can learn some quali- of the qualities of this kind of wife. First, she is more valuable than precious stones, it says. Men, you need to recognize that your wife is precious as gold and silver is, diamonds or even precious stones. Next, it says that the kind of wife is this kind that the kind, this kind of wife is good for her husband. She brings him good and not harm. Wives have the ability to either build up or tear down their husbands. Proverbs thirty-one: Woman only brings him good. It says, because of this, her husband is respected. A great wife can make the difference whether a man succeeds in life or not. Heard a story about Bill and Hillary one day. They were driving the country up close to where she is from. And they passed this little gas station. They pulled in to get gas. And it just so turned out that this was a young man that ran this gas station that worked, that went to high school with her. So they got to talking over the thing and just reminiscing high school days and what have you. They got what they did, gassed up the car, got back in the car and started driving off. Bill says, well, just think about it. If you'd have married him, you'd be working at a gas station. And she said, no, if I'd married him, he'd be the president. Ladies, you have a lot of influence on what the guys do. Someone has said, behind every successful man is a surprise mother-in-law. Some woman has said, being a woman is a terribly difficult task since it consists primarily of dealing with men. But we also see here she is as a mother. Mother. Look at verse 14. She is like a merchant ship. Verse 15. She also arises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. Verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Here is a mother who provides food for her family, even if it means getting up to do it early in the morning. It says she goes great distance to get the food. She couldn't hop into the car and just drive down to Walmart and buy it. They didn't have that at the time. So she had to make efforts to plan to go get the whatever she needed for her household. So she had to often walk great distances, perhaps, to get the food to feed her family. Here is the reward for being a great mother. Look at verse 28. Her children grow up and call her blessed. Oh, what a blessing that must be. Folks, if your mother's still alive, don't waste another day to call her and tell her what she means to you. It's so important. 
Both of my parents are gone. I can't do that anymore. But yet, how I'd like to just say, Mom, I appreciate all you did. My mother wasn't the perfect mother by any means. But yet, she did a lot for us, too. I married into a great family. Judy's mother was a second to none. She was a high-class lady. And I learned so much from her, really more than I did my own mother over the years. Because she was a godly mother. And that made all the difference in the world. I had just become a Christian shortly before we got married. And just with her and their instruction, her parents' instruction, got me on the right path. I don't know where I'd be had it not been for her. I didn't have a mother that was a Christian. So she couldn't point those directions. In fact, when I decided to surrender to the ministry, it wasn't received well in my family. But Judy's mother took up the slack and began to, by example, teach me what a mother ought to be and her dad and began to help me in ways that I didn't even know I was being helped. So cherish your mother if she's still around. Give her a hug. Give her a bouquet of roses. Give her a kiss. They're not particular. They, don't, they just want something to say thank you. Let me assure you, we have mothers in this church that you're just like my mother of the church. And you've been a blessing to me. Every church we've ever been at, I guess I look like I needed a lot of help. Because I always have these ladies just sort of take me in. And, okay, come on, we're going to take care of you. Just just do, the, do what I say. And it's not one of those things, would you please do what I say? It's you do what I say, period. And we've got those kind of ladies here. In fact, I'm looking at a whole bunch of them out here. But let me t assure you this. One of these days, I'll rise up and say, and they're blessing me. Because that's the kind of people we have. That's the people I'm talking about. And many of you sitting out here are that kind of a woman. That's what he's talking about here. That's, that's the passage he's using here. It's tough being a mother. One mother had three children, and all under the age of four. So her schedule was very busy, to say the least. So finally, until she bought a playpen, she thought, this is the answer. Now she says, it's better because every day between 2 p.m. and 4 p.m., she climbs into the playpen so the kids can't get to her. Pretty wise woman to me. <laughs> Mothers, don't judge what your children say about you when they're teenagers. Wait until they grow up. Because it has a, life has a way of going through our younger years. And when, you know, teenage years, you think you know everything. And mom and dad are about the dumbest people you've ever met in your life. But yet when you hit about 20, 21 and start getting out working and going to college and all the things, all of a sudden you realize they weren't quite as dumb as I thought they were. And it begins to set in that, hey, this life is not the easiest thing I've ever done. And sometimes we need moms to just sit down and listen to us. I can share this with you. I'm almost embarrassed to share it. But as we was growing up, of course, I was a pastor of a church. I had to go out and visit at nights and we'd have meetings at nights and so forth. And I'll be honest with you. If it hadn't been for Judy teaching our boys, two boys, they wouldn't have got much learning other than what they got in church. It was her that taught them the little songs. It was her that taught them the Bible verses, that read the verses to them, that told the Bible stories. I was the pastor of the church. I had more important things to do. Oh, how I regret those days now of not looking back and saying, wait a minute, I need to be involved in these boys' lives. 
Dads, I know this is Mother's Day, but don't slip the opportunity to share with your kids and share with them. It makes all the difference in the world. She's also a friend. Verse 20 says, She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. What is a friend? A friend is someone who is there when you have a need. I heard this description of a friend some time ago, and I don't even know who wrote it, but it says, A friend is someone who walks in after everyone else has walked out. Here's a woman who looks around and sees poor people. And she is willing to be a friend to that person. Notice it didn't say that she gives them money every time she passes them. She, it says she opens her arms to them. She loves them regardless of the situation. She loves them regardless of what's going on. Did you know that one of the greatest needs in the world today is that sometimes we just need someone to open their arms and give us a hug? I like this church. we got people in here. I'm, I'm going to just point her out this morning. Where's my, there's Marcelia. She's the huggingest lady I've ever seen in my life. But I like it every time she does it. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't raised up hugging people. In fact, when I married into Judy's family, first time I was over there, all their hall, uncles and everybody come over and hug me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what is this? <laughs> I mean, I, I'd never done this before. But I soon found out, man, I like this. I like it. It makes you feel special. And Celia's one of the best I've ever met at it. And she can come up there and hug me anytime she wants to. <laughs> Not right now. Just <laughs> but but it's, that's what we need. We need to show that we care and let people know what we do. One of the greatest needs in the world is sometimes just to have someone to open their arms and give you a hug. I shared a while ago, we've got a man that just lost a son just Friday night. He needs a hug from somebody before we leave this church today. Because he's hurting. I guarantee he's hurting. He doesn't look like it, but I guarantee he is. We need to care about each other. Do you know someone around who you can open an arm to? The fourth thing we see, she's also a worker. This is a good part. Now, this, this probably would scare a lot of ladies off right here. Look at verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Verse 15. And a portion of her of uh, a portion for her maidservants. Verse sixteen. She considers a field and buys it from the from her profit. She plants a vineyard. Verse seventeen. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. Verse eighteen. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. Verse twenty four. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. That's a busy lady. This is a woman who has a career in most of these jobs. It's obvious that she's the boss. Look at what else she does. She's able to purchase raw material. She gives assignments to her servant girls. She's the real estate business and commercial agriculture because she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Wow, what a businesswoman. That's the kind of lady this is. And then we see also she excels in her abilities. She creates. Look at verse 19. She stretches out her hand to the, to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle. Verse 22. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Verse 24. She makes fine linen garments and sells them. 
This was a busy lady. Here is a woman who has the ability to take materials and to create a beautiful garment and make it for her family and others to sell to help pay the expenses. She makes beautiful garments and even has more than she needs, so she takes them and sells them to the merchants. But then we also see she plans ahead. Look at verse 21. She is not afraid of snow for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Verse 27, she does not eat the bread of idleness. When winter comes, she doesn't worry because she's already made provisions to get them through the wintertime. She thinks ahead of time about what needs to be done down the road. She plans it. And then it says she stays busy doing the right thing at the right time. She plans her life in a way that she accomplishes a great deal, but, also, but she also makes sure she has time to plan and to rest. And ladies, that's a very important part. You've got to take time to rest and recuperate. She does not eat the bread of idleness. It means that she makes good use of her time. She is a good time manager. She stays busy doing the right things at the right time. She plans her life to accomplish a great deal, but she makes sure that she has time to plan and to rest again. So here is a woman who excels in relationships and abilities, but we also see that she excels in character. Now, relations are based on other people. A person's abilities have to do with what they can do. But when you look below the surface, you can discover the most about a person, when you examine their character. Someone has said that character is who you are when no one else is looking. But how true that is. We've got a lot of characters in our church, but we've also got a lot of people with character. I'd rather have character than be a character. And many of you are, ladies. She excels in character. You can buy an education, you can buy cosmetics, you can buy clothes, but you cannot buy character. That comes from God Himself. That's the only way you can get it. Notice three things about the character of this Proverbs 31 woman. Number one, the outward character. She had, Verse 25 says, she had strength and honor are her clothing. When you look at this kind of woman, you notice something about her outward appearance. The first thing you notice about her is that she is clothed with strength and honor. That means that strength and honor are so natural that she wears them like a well-fitted garment. When you look at her, you see these qualities. They may on the inside, may begin on the inside, but they're evident on the outside. A person that has character always comes through. You begin to see it little by little. By the same token, somebody that doesn't have character, it doesn't take you long to figure that out. You can spot them real quickly. When it speaks of her strength and, uh, here, it isn't referring to her physical strength. It's referring to her character strength. Her strength to maintain her moral purity. Her strength to stand up under the stress of demand of life. Here was a lady who was strong, but not only physically, but mentally as well. Today we have strong women in our midst. There are women who have experienced the death of a mate, who took care of every detail of their life, and now that he's gone, they've begun to strengthen and carry on. I admire that. 
And I know some of you have been through that. I know of women who have been deserted by sorry men, leaving them with no money and maybe two children. But most of the time, these women are resilient enough to carry on. That's the kind of strength that we're talking about here. But notice she is also clothed with honor and dignity. It's a picture of a woman who holds her head high, whatever the circumstances. We would say that she has class. She's graceful in everything she does. The Proverbs 31 woman has a kind of outward demeanor that reflects confidence and assurance. But then also she didn't only have outward character. She had inner character. Look at verse 25. She shall rejoice in the time to come. Verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. I love these two descriptions of this lady. She has a cheerful personality. She can laugh. That's important because we all have known people, men and women, that just have no sense of humor whatsoever. They seem to go going under a, a bypass operation to remove the humor out of their lives. They're always upset. Man, it doesn't matter what happens in Washington. Let's just enjoy God's blessings. It, we can't change it anyway. They're going to stay the way they are. They're not going to change. Don't worry about it. God's in control, and one day He's going to show us He's in control. They just have no sense of humor, some people. Here's a woman who was, has a positive, cheerful outlook on life, and she can laugh even about the hard times. She has hope because it says that she shall rejoice in the time to come. But she also speaks with wisdom. Some of the greatest teachers in history have been mothers. God has given mothers a supernatural wisdom that few others can understand. Let me just ask you. You don't have to speak out, but can you remember some of the valuable lessons that your mother taught you growing up? Can you remember those? Probably every one of this room said, yeah, I remember some things. President Dwight D. Eisenhower was once asked, who is the greatest man you've ever met? Here's what he replied. The greatest person I ever met wasn't a man. It was a woman. It was my mother. She never had, a, never had much schooling, but she was wise in God's wisdom. She went to school with the greatest of all books, the Bible. He, want, he, said, once, he, he said, once when I was a boy, my brother and I were playing a card game with my mother. Not really playing cards because she was too straight-laced for that. A hand, a hand of cards were dealt, and I remember this night, Mother dealt me the utterly impossible hand to play. I began to complain about it. She said, boys, put your cards down. I want to tell you something, especially you, Dwight. You are playing a game in your home with your mother under loving circumstances. We all love each other here, and I have dealt, with a ba- I have dealt you a bad hand. Now, she said, when you get out in life where they don't love you as much as I do, you're going to be dealt a bad hand many times. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to pray to God? You are to trust God, and like a man, you are to play out the hand which is dealt to you. President Eisenhower said later, that is one of the wisest things I ever learned in my life. And how true that is. Ladies, listen. So many women today are concentrating on developing outer beauty. 
There are dozens of magazines that promote beauty and fashion. Sometimes it must seem like a, a, just a bit overwhelming. Cheer up, ladies. There are three billion women who don't look like supermodels in the world. The average woman weighs 144 pounds and wears between 12 and 14 size. If Barbie were a real woman, she would have to walk on all fours due to her proportions. A psychology study, psychological study, a few years ago found that three minutes spent looking at a fashion magazine caused 70% of women to feel depressed, guilty, or shameful. Let me read you this poem I came across when I was trying to prepare this. It's called The Beauty of a Woman. I don't know who wrote it. It wasn't named. The Beauty of a Woman. The beauty of a woman is not in clothes she wears, the figure that she carries, or the way she combs her hair. The beauty of a woman must be seen from her eyes because that is the doorway to her heart, the place where love resides. The beauty of a woman is not a facial mole, but true beauty in a woman is reflected in her soul. It is caring that she, is, that she lovingly gives, the passion that she shows, and the beauty of a woman, even with the passing of years, it only grows. Isn't that true? Real quickly, notice also, lastly, look at verse 29, 30, and 31. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gate. Where are the Proverbs 31 women? Sitting in churches just like this. Right here. We've got so many of you. And you are a Proverbs 31 woman. You say, well, but I make mistakes. This lady did too. Every one of us do. But yet, did you notice she cared for her family? She loved her family. And I've met very few women I didn't think loved their family. Because that's just a natural instinct with mom. If you desire to be a woman like this, you can be. When you express your desires to be this kind of woman, then God gives us the power to do it. To become more than you could ever be on your own. Especially for the younger ladies that maybe within a few years will be getting married or maybe already married and going to have kids in for too long. And I would encourage you to look at this lady and copy her. Because she is an example of what a mother should be. A godly mother. And folks, I can assure you from my own life, a godly mother, like Judy's was, is more valuable than a non-godly mother. And I, my own mother was that way. Now, my mother, not too many years before she lied, died, said that she became a Christian. But I'm going to stand here and tell you, I didn't see any evidence of it. A godly mother will make a change, and it will change their lives. I wish my mother was here so I could talk to her again. But she's not. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And oh, what a difference it would have made of some of the younger years that I blew and messed up because a mother can change so many things, especially in boys' lives, I think. I think moms and daughters clash sometimes. <laughs> but moms and daughters, I mean, moms and sons seem to be a connection there. At least that's my experience. But regardless, if you had a godly mother, you are blessed. And she's blessed because of it.
be sure to give her praise that she deserves on this Mother's Day. Let's stand together. Dear God, we thank you, Lord, for this time you've given us this morning. And, Lord, we do thank you for so many godly examples that are in this church. I know some of them made mistakes and some of them have regrets in life and all these other things, but every one of us do. But, Lord, just for these ladies to want to be a godly example, not only to their children, but to, to us at the church. Lord, we could just name names that are sitting here in this crowd today that just they are just almost like a mother to me anyway, and I'm sure to many others. And, Lord, we just ask that you would just guide our thoughts. Maybe there's somebody here today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior. What a greater day to come on Mother's Day to honor our mothers and, Lord, at the same time, finding Jesus Christ in our lives. Lord, you know the needs of everyone that stands here this morning. We're not going to tarry long, but, Lord, this verse is for each one. Maybe you need to bow these steps and you say, God, thank you for a godly mother. Thank you for a mother that set examples for me and put restrictions upon me and wouldn't let me do things that I shouldn't have done. Maybe she fought for you and prayed for you on a daily basis. Lord, there may be somebody here this morning. There may be a mother that says, I've just not been the kind of mother I need to be. And Lord, I want to change that. I want to be a, become a godly mother. Whatever the needs are as we sing this verse, Lord, this is your invitation. Speak to our hearts. Maybe there's somebody here today that's looking for a church home. Lord, let them join with us to carry on the work that we believe you've put us here to do. Go with us through these next few moments. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.